Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Believe in Buckeyes with Brian Browning and Chindi Chekwa. We're coming in after another victory, another victory week. Um, you don't get days off in college, but, man, you know, we won. But, yeah, go ahead, Chimmy, <laughs> hit him with the sponsor. We can start our show. So the last of major pro sports leagues kick, kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with MLB postseason, NFL, and college football and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to the Bet Online today. To get in on the action, don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yep, and uh, so this week uh, we headed to Rutgers. We headed to New Jersey. We come out with a victory, 35-16. to 16. So we actually covered the spread. If you bet on the Ohio State this game, we covered the spread. But if you watched the game, uh, it wasn't that simple. Rutgers put up a good fight. Uh, but to the, to, the, to the T, like we kind of go out there, our big-name guys kind of make the plays needed. Our defense is stopped once again, and we come out with a win. Yeah, we get, come out with a win, man. It was a tough game. It's one of those those games where Ohio State won some somewhat comfortably, but it was a close game. The score yeah. doesn't really show how close the game was overall. You had Greg Schiano as the, the head coach over there at Rutgers has the team playing well, and I thought he came with, came in with a really good game plan. They had a bye week coming off a of bye week, so they were well-rested, well-prepared. Um, and, you know, the way I see it, Shiano under, understands how Ohio State wins games, what they're trying to do. And I thought they did a good job of, of, of affecting those things, but, you know, the Ohio State was able to continue to win. And Ryan Day has never lost, never lost to, a, to an unranked team. Um, the only team he's lost to in the Big Ten is, is Michigan. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah, yeah so only yeah. two losses in the Big Ten and those two losses against Michigan. I know we hate those two losses, <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, realistically, I mean, that, that level of consistency um, winning is, is hard, to, it's hard yeah. to do. Yeah, it's tough to do. And he makes it, be frank, he makes it look easy. I mean, I mean, all the coaches, right? Our, at Trestle, we lost some games to some unranked teams. Uh, even Urban Meyer and his stellar record lost some games to some unranked teams. Uh, but Dave, for every reason, he has his guys ready week in and week out. Uh, he does a great job of getting the certain guys the ball. Uh, our athletes, I want to say some of those top recruits that we have here, and they come out and they get to win. Rutgers played well. They played us really well. I think they did almost the best that they could do against Ohio State, but obviously they came up short. But in this game, obviously we, we, we talk about a healthy Travion Henderson. Um, this is his second week back of him just being kind of just fully healthy himself, saying he's 100%, and he was fantastic again. Um, he had a, over 120 yards rushing, a touchdown, 80 yards receiving as well. Um, so he had another stellar game. I feel like he really was the – if he was giving out an MVP trophy last two weeks, is definitely going to Travion Henderson, uh, Marvison Harrison. Uh, not so much on the big stats, but he caught two yeah. touchdowns as well. So, you know, McCord is able to find him, get him the ball for a couple of t- touchdowns. Obviously, that helps out. McCord on the day was 19 to 26, only 189 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. We'll get a little bit into that interception later on. But once again, we did enough to kind of once win the game 
on the scoreboard, you know, it looks like it definitely, you know, a, a good win for us. But, you know, we struggle a little bit with Rutgers. What did you see out of Rutgers that, I guess, uh, kind of had them lead at halftime and kind of yeah. gave us some trouble in this game? Yeah, so it was a few things, really. And you look at the Florida game, um, a turnover, right, a, a, a miscue on special teams, put Rutgers in plus territory, put them in position to, to get points. Rutgers wasn't really a team that could consistently drive down the field to generate points. And because of that, they needed to create stuff defensively or in on special teams to put themselves in a position to get points. And they did. Uh, with the, the way Shiano really um, schemed up our, our offenses, I mean, he simply want, tried to eliminate the big play. He understands that, you know, a Ryan Day offense is going to make their, you know, make their points and everything off explosive plays. And, you know, he stayed in the two shell. He stayed with two high safeties to really eliminate those explosive plays and force the offense to do it the hard way. Dink and mm-hmm. dunk, run the ball. And if you can consistently, from Shiana's standpoint, if you can consistently do that, then you win. You know, like this is all <laughs> we can do is contain your explosive players. And Ohio State offense, um, they just took what the defense was giving them. You know, some dink and ducks here and there stuck with the run game, and eventually things started to open up. Unfortunately, you had the miscues of on special teams. You had the, the interception that kind of hurt um, Ohio State early, early in the game and led to Rutgers points. But I thought overall the approach to how they were being attacked was the right approach. Yeah, and um, and be frank, Rutgers did. So, I mean, I, I kind of <laughs> – when we talk about uh, team Ohio State playing other teams, well, I will almost say lesser opponents, right? I say usually, like, you know, if they're going to get in this game, they got to do something. Like, you know, they got to – they just can't keep lining up and just think, yeah. you know, they're going to run their standard offense and their standard defense. They're going to have a chance uh, to stay in this game with Ohio State. Like, Ohio State is going to make so many mistakes and miscues that they'll lose the game. Rutgers actually did something, right? So, they got in that four-for-one situation – um, everyone was thinking QB sneak. All they needed was a couple of inches. And what they do? They run like the fumble Ruski, right? The quarterback yeah, yeah. snaps it. You could put it between his legs to the running back. He take off to the uh, off to the sideline. It was a fantastic call, fantastic play. I mean, it shocked me. Obviously, it worked. It shocked the Ohio State defense. And they kind of have, a, I think it was about 45-yard run there, a very explosive play. And with that play, it kind of got Rutgers in the game, right? I think they had maybe three points at the time. Obviously, the game was just kind of – um, you know, Ohio State is one play away from taking the league, as always, with their offense, and they just kind of take a gamble, a nice calculated gamble, and it worked out. And it was a huge play, and from there, they were able to kind of, you know, build on it. Obviously, Ohio State stopped them from scoring a touchdown right there. They kick a field goal, um, so that pissed them up there. As in there, they just did something. As in they come yep. out, Ohio State's the first half, our defense playing well. They get another drive going. They get a tip ball. Ohio State gets a pick six, right? Great play for them. But then at come out of halftime, uh, the, the, the mistake on the interception, 9-7 at halftime, they come out of halftime, they put another drive together. Yep. A little Ohio State, oh, like, hey, we're in this game. Right. And they get it, and they actually score a touchdown on that one uh, with the quarterback hitting the run, I mean, hitting the pass. And uh, frankly, I, I, like I say, workers play well. I mean, they run the ball well. Their running back had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, the quarterback, he – you know, this season had definitely has his troubles with completing passes. But once again, he was able to complete a pass for a touchdown, a good throw and catch there. Workers played well, but Ohio State hung in there. And you could do that when you got a stout defense that's not going to let the scoreboard just get completely out of control while your offense tries to figure it out. Yeah, and these teams, man, it's like 
it's it's almost like two different two different seasons for so for Rutgers they're playing through their Big Ten schedule then they get to a team like Michigan everything changes up it's like let's let's shock the world let's do yeah. something special let's <laughs> let's create you know a, a trick play here let's shift our game plan let's do some let's do something different to see if we can knock off a top dog then they go back to their season right playing teams <laughs> like Northwestern. And these different teams that they can, you know, they can legitimately beat and win and get bowl eligible. Then they get a bye week. Then they go play Ohio State. So everything kind of changes up to, okay, can we put, can we do everything to try to knock off an Ohio State? While Ohio State is in a different situation where, you know, most of these games they expect to win. They should win. They're better than the other team. And they're really trying to build up to these bigger moments, a Notre Dame, um, a Penn State game. And then the final game against that team up north. And, you know, there's going to be some situations where you're going to be in dogfights with these teams who are well-prepared and have been, you know, waiting for this this chance with nothing to lose. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing to lose for Rutgers. It's just this is a game where let's see if we can shock the world. And if we don't, we didn't expect to anyway. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought I thought how they came out and played was, was they, they did a good job. I, I mean, obviously there's some places for Ohio State to, to improve, but I do think this game was a, a, a game where I saw some of that improvement. I saw, um, you know, Ohio State do some of the things that I think they need to do to beat that team up north. Sticking with the run game, being able to, to, to take what the defense gives you. I don't like the turnovers, but I think I think they took another step forward towards building towards the, the, the end of the season. Yeah, and so far this year, I mean, Ohio State has proven to be really a second-half team, right? First half, we... With we, we I'm not gonna say we tend to start off slow, but it's usually like slow, not getting much from the quarterback. You know, offensively we usually kind of running the ball, but we know we kind of get away from it to try to do other things, and we just can't sustain drives. Uh, but usually in the second half is when we really kind of figure it out, right? We start to score touchdowns. We always kind of you know always have to hit more for a touchdown, something of that nature. Uh, the offensive game, we running the ball game, we kind of figure it out, and then we're able to kind of hit a big one there. And then our defense has just been really just consistent all year. They kind of, you know, just kind of stick on teams and kind of be that way our year. While offensively, we kind of figure it out. Second half, we fit, we figured it out, and now we're able yeah. to kind of get the points needed to win the game. Um, and so I guess when it comes down to it, like you know, is that good enough, right? I mean, yeah. we we have seen the mistakes on special teams now, right? I mean, it looks like we had a the mistake on punt fourth down. It looks like. Frank, I don't think it was a fake. It looked like the punter got the ball and tried to take take off one way. It doesn't work. Uh, we have other issues on special teams earlier this year. Us being a second half team with the stuff we're seeing on special teams, is that good enough for us to get that ultimate goal of being a national champion? Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it's good enough yet. I think they can get there. So my take on the second half team part of it. So to me, it seems like in the second half the offense opens up a little bit. The passing game opens up opens up a little bit, and we start to get to who is we start to get to who Ohio State is. We start mm-hmm. to get to the types the types of uh, drives and the types of plays and the the offense that Ryan Day is historically, in my opinion. And it seems like typically in the first half we're trying to establish the run game. We're trying to get something going in the run because we know we need to do it. But the second half is like, okay, now we know what we need to do to win. Is now it's winning time. And I don't think it's enough because I think we need to start faster. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I, but I think we're starting to figure out 
more and more who we are as a team. Um, and I think we're starting to understand. I think it starts with Kyle understanding, like, you know, this is what it takes for us to win. I don't need to force anything. All right, I'm hearing all the criticism, but I need mm-hmm. to continue to, you know, take what the defense gives me, identify where the ball needs to go, and maybe we get the first down. Maybe we move the, we, we drive this thing up the field. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't. But as the game goes on, the coaches are going to be able to figure out how the defense is attacking, and they're going to be able to continue to scheme up plays to actually begin to open up the offense over time. So I think we're going to continue to look like a second-half team, Yeah, but I still think we need to start faster. As for the special teams, um, we, we just got to be better on special teams. And I, yeah. so they, they have a special teams coach. So we didn't have a special teams coach mm-hmm. when we played. Right? Our position coaches also coach the special team. And I'm not saying that having a special teams coach is a bad thing or a good thing, but I, I, I would say, you know, my coach being the punt return coach and me being a blocker on, you know, on punt return made me have to go out there and do it. Like, you know, like we get in the in the, the position room and Tavers would say, like, we got to do better on this. We got to do better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think every coach was a part of creating a special team, every position coach. And it forced them to hold their players accountable to make sure that they're actually playing. And we had to take it serious. During Urban's tenure, um, he was the the special team. Yeah. Coach. <laughs> right. The head coach of the special team. So I, I just what it feels like, I don't I'm not in the room, I'm not in there, but what it feels like is the commitment to executing on special teams and the attention to detail isn't showing up. Mm-hmm. And you having these blunders that are easily fixable, but they keep showing up. <laughs> and to me, that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue. We're not getting hidden yards on punt return. Where or having uh, turnovers and big time mistakes that are putting our defense in bad positions, we can't have that moving forward. No, right. I mean, like, so we're going off the year, right? So if you guys recall, um, against Penn State, right? We in a tough fuck gang, punt the ball deep, and then with the ball hit one of the blockers' foot, right? So he doesn't get to. Was usually it was like a poison call that the returners yelling out the sideline, like you made the emphasis. The sideline need to be yelling at it out as well. Hey, get away from the ball that's in this direction. Get to our sideline. Get away from it. Obviously, we don't get it. Get to and hit the ball from there. This past weekend, uh, we see the punter, like we kind of mentioned before. It looks like he's trying to take a fake, yeah. <laughs> like a fake, just trying to run off to the side mm-hmm. with the ball, and we don't know why he didn't punt it. Um, but you know, it just looks like that's not what we called. It didn't look like that's what we did. and we had that happen earlier this year. Well, one snap was bad. It looked like we should call a fake and it wasn't. It was kind of a bad snap and I believe that went to Cody Simon. He just tried to make a play with it from there. And like you say, we had these blunders and like those little things comes up in bigger times, right? Yeah. So far our defense, obviously they've been pairing really well all year. So they've just kind of been uh, fixing mistakes. So so in things of that nature in the special teams, but got to do better. Return-wise, not very explosive. Look like on punts, it looks like we're just kind of coaching our guys, you know, just catch the ball if you can. <laughs> you know, we don't right, really right. got nothing set up. Uh, kickoffs as well. If it goes in the end zone, it just takes the touch back. You know, we're not really having any set up. So, I mean, obviously, you know, when it comes to special teams, if you could do something great there, it would definitely help you win the game. But you don't want to do anything dumb there because that would definitely lead to you losing the game yeah. in that situation. And so I think this specific team, the special teams is important because, as you mentioned, we don't tend to start fast, but part of part of that is every defense is trying to contain the explosiveness of the offense, mm-hmm. which means we're going to have to commit to the run game early. And as you know, 
you know, sometimes they may get some something in the run. Sometimes they may not. Sometimes it takes some time to get things going, like it did this this past weekend. So at that point, you just want to get some first downs. You might need to punt. You want to pin them down, put your defense in a good position that you can get a good field position, and now you can actually um, do something offensively. But when you're having mistakes like this, <laughs> when it comes to special teams, you're not taking advantage, then not only are you potentially starting slow on offense, which we've, we've done, mm-hmm. but now you're putting the defense, the strength of your entire team, you're putting them in a bad position um, and not allowing them to be on the offensive, not allowing them to be able to, to, to be more of an attack. And they, you got them on their heels. You're giving the other team an opportunity. So, uh, yeah, that's something that they have to, they really have to fix. And I'm hoping that that doesn't continue to, to be an issue. Yeah, right. Another thing we want to kind of dive into this show um, is uh, I guess we could kind of take it both at the same time. It's Kyle McCord's performance and also how is that going to affect Marvin Harrison uh, and his Heisman hopes. So I'm, I'm going to say it like, believe in Buckeyes, we started the Heisman conversation from Marvin Harrison. I think it's our third <laughs> week talking about it. It didn't get national news until last week. Uh, uh, so, like, we we kicked off that campaign talking right. about Marvin for Heisman. Best player in the country. He deserves the trophy. Best team. He's the offensive of MVP. But this week, like I said, he caught two touchdowns. But other than that, I believe uh, his stats, I mean, I mean he might have had, I don't know, 50 yards receiving, something like that, of that nature. Uh, once again, uh, Rutgers kept that bubble, right? The analytics kind of take shots downfield. Yeah. But do you think this is going to hurt Marvin's chances, or do you think, you know, he could he could get it done like this? Or what, what's your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, I think I think it has a, there's a chance for it to hurt Marvin. I think there's enough out there now. And with Brock Bowers out of uh, Georgia being hurt, I think there's a general consensus that Marvin Harrison is either number one or number two best player in the country. Ohio State mm-hmm. is currently ranked number one in the country. So best right. player on the best team, I think that's favorable to him. But in, in terms of being able to accumulate the stats from a receiver position to be considered, because we all know voters will say, I mean, hype gets you so far, and then voters look at stats, and they compare mm-hmm. his stats to the last guy who, who was a receiver who won a, um, a Heisman, which I think was Devontae Smith yeah, in Alabama. Smith. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, he may not get that level of the statistics, so that's going to be a factor. Um, but, you know, I think from Kyle McCord's play, man, I think that's not something to really be too worried about from, from his standpoint. I think the, the biggest – and I thought I saw improvement from him. Mm-hmm. I thought he got better because – to me, he was able to identify – at one point, he was like 10 for 10, 11 for 11, but he was taking what the defense gave him. And what they were giving him was everything underneath. <laughs> they were you know, trying to eliminate the explosive players, giving them things underneath. And then uh, Travion Henderson, you got a – what is it? five-yard check down, and he takes it to for like a <laughs> – Like and, 60, and that's the yeah, level of yard, huh? ability yeah. and capability that Ohio State has. Um, so I think, you know, it's the games like a Michigan State. It's the games like a Minnesota. But you can get more of this accumulation of stats. Mm-hmm. It's a game like Michigan, but we go out there and we do whatever it takes to win the game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And to, to McCord's performance, like I said, I just feel like he's a guy where he can't have the mistakes, right? I mean, like you said, they're giving us underneath stuff. We're getting in a two-minute offensive situation uh, before halftime. He hits one tomorrow. And then he tried to force his one tomorrow. And then what we have from there, we have a, a turnover there. And I just feel like with his game, he just can't have the turnovers. In the big game so far this year, he hasn't had them. So I'll yeah. keep that going. Uh, but th- that's what his play, he just does. He's just, in my opinion, he's just not super explosive. So yeah. it's not like, you know, every possession he could just do things, just come up with points. You know, he kind of has to manage the game and kind of be able to kind of generate points in that fashion. Yeah, uh, I but think- com- 
And Long I think he, and I think he has to play with just play within the system. Like yeah. he ain't Caleb Williams. He's not gonna be able to do <laughs> outside the pocket. And I don't think we we need him to. I really don't think we no. need him to. I think he play within the system. You take the check down. If there's blitz, you take the hot route, right? If there is, you know, and and when Ryan Day wants a big play, like we cross the fifty, you know, this is our opportunity to make a big play. You call something to to beat the type of defense that you see coming at you, and I think I think that's where the opportunity is going to be, and I think they'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be the same level of explosiveness we may have seen USC versus Washington this past weekend or yeah. LSU versus uh, Alabama, um, but I think it can be um, if you get the run game going and they have to really commit to stopping the run. Now <laughs> you could blow the top off the defense. I think that's going to be their approach moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean that's. You got to win the game. We keep winning these games, and we—I think we're doing well. And we just keep winning games. We get exactly everything that we want out of this season. Uh, but going into this week, we we got one at home. Uh, this is the last home game of the season. Last home game of the season, so it'll be senior senior night for our guys um, coming home to play uh, Michigan State. We got a night got, game. They got two more two more home games. They got two more home games. They play uh, Minnesota at home. Oh, yep. okay, okay. All right, so it's not singing night. So, but we play. Uh, it's random. We play Michigan State. I guess before the season, you could say Michigan State maybe been a good thing. But obviously, they had that situation with their coach and that situation. So, uh, Michigan State is not having the best of seasons. But they did just have a big win last week. Got their third win on the season. They was able to uh, beat Nebraska twenty to seventeen. Um, so yeah, this is a, a, a week that we just should kind of go out there and probably just improve, right? Get ready for these last two weeks. Yeah, I think this is a, a this is a, a progression week, an improvement week. Um, this is just one of those games where Ohio State continues to build towards what they're trying to get to. I think I think these games, like Michigan State, like Minnesota, both home games, are opportunities for for Kyle to continue to fine tune uh, what he's doing. He had the interception this past game. I honestly don't think the the decision was a bad decision. I just thought the pass was a bad pass. Yep. Right? And I agree. I, and it's a, a basic cover two. They ran a seven cut. This is what you throw in cover two. Um, this is a pass that he has to make at practice all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with dummies and stuff, trying to throw the ball <laughs> over a dummy um, during during practice, and he wasn't able to do it. So that's just inconsistencies probably with mechanics, um, with, with accuracy. So that's this is an opportunity for him to continue to fine-tune, continue to – Build confidence, um, and I think these those types of throws are going to be the types of throws that he has to make, mm-hmm. right? And I think um, you know Michigan State is going to be another opportunity to make a bunch of throws, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? The, the guys are open and continue continue to build that confidence and work towards the the ultimate goal, which is um, really being a Big Ten champion and, and, and winning it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so Michigan State's a game. Like I said, we expect to go out. We expect to win. Uh, we expect our guys to play well. If you're dinged up, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, hope, you know, pull off a little bit this week, you know, get healthy, get ready for the last stretch. But also, once again, like I said, go out there, play well, improve, make this game look easy. They're going to have the cool jerseys on. Then they got kind of like a color rush with the <laughs> with the uh, gray jerseys type of deal going on. Um, so we'll, you know, we should go out there and play well and see it from there. But I guess how we want to end the show is like, you know, once again, we, we're back on our, uh, our, our, our segment, right? <laughs> Keeping our eye on the team up north and their situation with the, with the scandal. Um, and let's call it, what is it? It's like Spygate, the NCAA level. I don't know. Big 10, 
Fagate yeah. situation. I don't yeah. know. But but what do you so what's your thoughts? I mean, obviously this week it started coming out that uh, the Big Ten had a meeting, right? Uh, a typical meeting that they kind of have at this part of the year um, with the coaches. And they kind of seemed like, I mean, obviously this is all coming from ESPN. Yeah. I don't know how they got all this information. Right, right. But, but but they're saying that, you know, the big the basically the Big Ten is kind of asking the commission, like, hey, we want to see a penalty take place to Michigan now. We want something yeah. to happen. We've seen now the letters rumored about Michigan write a letter talking about, you know, let due process play out <laughs> type of situation. Uh, but what's your thoughts? You think they're going to do something to Michigan uh, on the on the Big Ten level? Why the season's going on? They're going to yeah, hold I, off. I think they hold off to the end of the season. I'm not sure, but I think they hold off to the end of the season for a couple of reasons. So reason number one is money. This is a business. Yeah. Football <laughs> this is a business. <laughs> Michigan is, is in position to go on to the play in the college football players as of today. Right? If if things go the way they they expect and the way they're they're playing ball. Well, there's a, a good chance that you get two teams from the Big Ten to go on to college football, which means more money mm-hmm. for the entire conference, right? Um, and that's to me, that's what that's that's the primary. The, the the secondary aspect of it, there is the concept of of due process and doing an investigation, letting the investigation play out. The difference is there's no real precedent for cheating. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, let it play out. But if a team is actively cheating, <laughs> it's like you're letting them cheat. You know what I'm saying? The more, the longer it takes to let them cheat. So that's I understand the uh, the coaches saying like this isn't no off the field scandal that you need mm-hmm. to figure out what what's right, what happened, and what didn't happen. We got real evidence that they are actively cheating, right? Mm-hmm. So how can we allow them to continue to do that? Um, there may be a, a a coach suspension, a couple games. I don't know a self imposed suspension or a Big Ten suspension. Wild things play out, um, but still. However they do it, I think ultimately they do it in such a way that still allows Michigan to be able to get a real chance at a college football playoff because the money. <laughs> at the end of the day. And that's 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 what I believe. Yeah, so like I said last week, I mean, this is bad. They need to do something. But like I said, I don't think something, like you say, you mentioned Michigan kind of self-imposed. I don't think Michigan going to self-impose. I mean, yeah. they're not. You know, they're not uh, the most classless bunch up there, man, <laughs> kind of arrogant in their ways. And that's part of the reason we don't really like that team up north because they, they think, you know, what they say, uh, Harbaugh had that, that comment that Coach Day was born on third base and think yeah. he hit a triple. Well, you yeah. know, you guys stole third base. But yeah, you think, it's, oh, it's just no big deal. We stole third base. Right. Like, what do you say? That, that, <laughs> right. And that's what type of program they are. That's what type of guys they are. So I don't think the self-imposed will take place. That's Once again, I think that's why the coaches and the ADs and the uh, other Big Ten is like, step up here, do something. You know, we can't let this stuff go on. Because we're going to go down to it. Like, you know, we just found this out a couple of weeks ago. This scandal kind of takes off, right? How many games have they already been at this season? Like, you know, obviously Purdue was playing played, uh, Michigan this week, and obviously Purdue is not having the strongest year. Um, but, you know, what did they already have on us? What's, you know, and then and when it comes down to it, do something. Yeah. Put somebody on their sideline and see if you notice, like, oh, they, once again, they got the laminate cars out here with people's signals. Um, <laughs> let's get that book out of here. You know, do something to kind of um, – right the wrong here and once again the money is going to play a role in it like i said i don't think a whole bunch is going to happen from it but they need something needs to be done to kind of make sure that this not going on and they, they don't get to have this um scapegoat of a season because okay they ain't get to come to the 
Michigan, Ohio State's last two games, but we already went to three already. So we got a good a good standpoint on what they're doing over there. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I, like I said, I would like to see something happen. I know the money thing is a thing. I don't think nothing will, but I would love it. I would love this for them to take some games from Michigan, something extreme like that, yeah. make Harbaugh sit out, um, you know, whatever. Yeah, obviously, the Big Ten can't fire a coach, but, yeah. you know, there's some huge sanction kind of come down on them due to this situation because I think it's pretty bad. It's pretty ugly as a program, yeah. and I think something needs to be done. I want to play them. I want to play them. Yeah. I want to beat them, and then yeah. I want all the stuff to, to fall. I want Ohio State to <laughs> That's, that's that's where I'm at with it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But, yeah, that's our show for the week. Once again, this is Believe in Buckeyes with Brian Brown and Chenny Chekwa. We're about to end all our show with a nice, crisp OH. I-O. And that's a Go Bucks, baby. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.